choo choo. One of the most <laughs> magical ways to, to to get around anywhere, whether it be the U.S. or Canada, South Hogwarts, Hogwarts uh, uh, Christmas is <laughs> Christmas trains, right? It, Don't it's, you think? It's true. There's a romance to it. There's stories. I mean, it's, it's fantastic. I choo choo choose trains. Yeah. I, I like what you did there. You do? I it, wasn't ready with a response. <laughs> well, I know it's it's not a trailer, but... It kind of is. <laughs> I have actually taken a camping trip uh, with my dad, and we ended up riding a train. Mm. And then, like, we went to a specific destination to do this tra- train ride, yeah. and it was my first time on a train, and... Holy crap, it was so much fun. I want to do it again. So Absolutely. Today we're going to talk about some of the coolest and most scenic train routes in the U.S. And if you're near one of them while you're camping, by golly, go for it. Sure. Absolutely. Welcome to the RV Small Talk Podcast, where we talk about library trailers, truck campers, and the people, places, and ventures that go right along with them. We are your hosts from Princess Craft RV. I'm Clint. And I'm matching Clint, even though we didn't plan it. How's that for some mind-melding? I give you a high five and you aren't crying. I know, but do you, did you see? I I bit my lower lip when we wound up out of fear. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like a tape. It's yep. ingrained in me now. Like uh, you've done that to me. So it's like times. flinching when you walk through a doorway. <laughs> except for like with Clint, it's a high five. I have to like brace myself because I've I've done that wow dozens of times. Yeah, you've made that mistake. Hey, uh, we don't have PJ here with us for this episode. Once again, again, out and about traveling with your dad. Actually, yeah, doing doing businessy stuff. How does your mom know your dad? How does my mom know my dad? <laughs> She was a bartender and he was a truck driver. Oh, this That's is a good they, country song. This a, is a 70s country it's song, isn't such it? such a great story. Yeah. Maybe we'll get her to do story time when she's back. I digress. <laughs> this podcast is, I don't know, 174 or something along those lines. You'll have to check out rvsmalltalk.com to find out not only what number it is. Because <laughs> we the don't show notes, know. But you'll also need to check out previous episodes there. You can find us on other places. Just look up RV Small Talk Podcast. You'll find us different places. Um, how about how about we go into that camping experience that you did where was it what i I know i was afraid you were going to ask me that i'm I'm, I'm asking i don't remember what kind of train was it was it steam train it was a train that goes choo-choo no it was not a steam train okay i don't think maybe but but it wasn't so you went to a destination to camp how old were you do you recall maybe this is why you don't remember two years ago two years ago yeah it's just two years ago it was my very first train ride and you don't remember? I took my... F- no, I don't remember the name of the place. Was it in-state? Yes. Okay. And were you maybe camping around Longhorn Caverns and Inks Lake and maybe, all that? Maybe. So you were probably in the hill country, riding the Hill Country Flyer, which is that they they do like a tourist train ride between some of the small towns like Burnett and all that in Central Texas. Was that it? It might be. Might be. Unless... Yeah, I Hold forget on. some yeah. of the charts. You keep talking about trains really quick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to text my dad. <laughs> yeah, very good. That'll work. Because he will know and he'll tell me. But it was a really cool experience. Uh, my son was six at the time. So like. Perfect age. Yeah. Uh, we brought like go fish cards on the train. And mm-hmm. and but really I the best part um, was looking out the window. Mm-hmm. It, Just I seeing mean, it, the world go by. It is so cool because you see it in movies all the time, and you read about it in books, and yeah, and and 
just being on a train is fun. I don't know why. It's some kind of childhood magical thing where yeah. you just, trains are fun. Yep. So, um, how so many I, trains have you ridden? Um, it, I mean, I've, how about I tell you how many train trips I've taken because I've okay. had to switch trains in those trips. So, are, you, are you counting like Amtrak and stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because like I've taken like a pretty much around much of the country Amtrak trip. So I, I mean, I've seen stuff. I've seen things. Um, so one around the country, two, three. I've probably got, I've probably got about ten Amtrak or otherwise or tourist trains in the U.S. And I've taken multiple trains in Asia. So what is your favorite thing about riding on a train? You know, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to put into words, it, but it is it is this this feeling because you're kind of gliding through a landscape, a place uh, you, you you're traveling not alone like you are with, you know, just alone or with people that, you know, your your family and all that. But it's open enough that you can move about, you can see other people, you can hear other people, you can still have some community. And yet just outside the window, this almost magical way of looking at the world is just zipping by. What is your least favorite thing about riding on a train? So the train system in the United States is set up in such a way that they are pretty fantastically not on time. Almost all the time. Uh, I, I, my first leg of the around the country trip was Austin to Chicago when I was probably, it was the summer between my sixth and seventh grade year. And uh, we arrived in Chicago like nine hours late. And, wow. Yeah. And, and the reason is in the United States, my understanding is Amtrak, the government tra- railway system for passengers to get around the country, they don't actually own any stretch of the track it's all owned by these uh by the companies that that ship like coal and car parts and all that so it's all freight so they have to run on other people's time right so they have to buy they have to basically pull to the side right so the right away goes to freight and they rent time basically is my understanding so that that old-timey image that you have of the guy standing outside of the train with his pocket watch Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. that's not we've gotten away from that is that what you're saying (laughs) no no so the experience of the train station depending on the train station you can still have that experience the pocket watch it's just not on time it's it's just that the pocket watch is just to tell you hey we're leaving in three minutes like even if we arrived late, you got three minutes. Oh, I see. So get on board because we're going to try to make up time. <laughs> I see. So let's go through some of the best train rides in the USA for seriously gorgeous views, depending on where in the country you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first one, which, what do you got? The the Rockies? Rockies to Red Rock. So it goes from Denver, Colorado to Moab, but Utah. Yeah. So here's, <laughs> here's the deal. You can find incredible train rides anywhere, but if it's already a scenic place and a train happens to be running through it, see if you can get on that train. If there's mountains, if there's forests or you're near a beach um, and there's a train there, ride it. Because it's epic. It, it almost you can't go wrong. 
This one is super cool. I mean, obviously it's in the mountains. Obviously there's going to mm-hmm. be some beautiful views, but this train actually has like the, the rounded glass top. So right. there's no, I mean, you can see the sky above you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's no, the window is the whole ceiling and sides. Um, unobstructed views yeah. of some of the most beautiful places in the U S yes. I, I am on board. I want it. Nah. I want to go to there. This is something I absolutely want right. to do because, okay, being from Texas, I'm mesmerized by mountains anyway. Exactly. <laughs> it's right? almost comical. Like if I go someplace with mountains and I'm like, wow, like I know it's beautiful, but I literally will sit and stare at a mountain because I'm like, it's, I live in Texas. There's, we don't see things that go up. We see flat things and we got some, we got some pretty big hills, but I yeah. still have to travel a few West hours Texas, to see those. <laughs> the west westest of Texas is a, is where you're going to see the most mountainous places in Texas, and they aren't huge. And they're still super far away from us, right? I it, mean, we're in Texas. It, it takes two days to get there um, if you're, you know, sleeping adequately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, this train actually goes from august to october so that makes perfect sense because i mean obviously snowed in mountain passes and just for safety reasons and all that well and and if the snow lands on top of the train while it's moving you won't be able to see anything they should have a man out there squeegeeing it squeegeeing it to give you the best view yeah yeah (laughs) or or like your rear window and your vehicle has the the uh electrical wires in it that you can turn on the defroster and they should just run some defrosters i bet that would take a lot of electricity though i wonder whose job it is to shine these windows anyway um I mean, this just, it's a two-day ride from Denver to Moab. It goes through the Rocky Mountains and... Two days. Two days on this train. And it, I mean, we're we're talking about glass ceiling. It is so cool. So here's my thought on this. Um, I know that we're talking to an RVing crowd, but RVs always to me is, is you can focus on just RVing and the camping, or you can expand it a little bit. You can RV and camp so you can do other things. And if, right. and if you want to see some unique places in unique ways, you just RV your way to the starting point and you securely lock away your RV and go ride the train. Two days there, two days back, and then you're back to your RV. Nothing wrong with the trip like that. No, 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 no. I think that's pretty common. And there are a lot of train rides that are just one day. Like you can go. Oh, sure ride and then go back sure, we'll that be night. About some yeah. Um they're not all multi-day trips, but this is definitely top of my list of And this one's accessible. If you're if it starts in Denver and goes up to Moab and back again, this is very accessible to us. Denver's not that I mean it's it's what a 17 Everything 18 is hour relative. Drive. Yeah. <laughs> for for us it's about 17 or 18 hours. So take a week. You take a week, you take a couple days to get there and camping, and then you ride the thing there and back, and you take it a couple days back. There's your week. And it's been an epic adventure. Do you know what I love about train rides? What? Don't you, don't say the dining car because it's not it's not as magical as it used to be. No, it's definitely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> drinks are hella expensive. Uh, you don't you don't have to worry about uh, any kind of like GPS or taking a wrong turn or getting lost. Yeah. I mean, the, the wrong turn thing. 
you get to you get to have all the photo ops and scenic views Mm -hmm. without even having to stop and without having to worry about side roads i mean it's super cool this one is called the coast starlight it goes from la to seattle washington i've been on this one really yeah but but i was i want to say 12. And we and so we and we went all the way from Seattle. So this is that trip where I went up to Chicago, and then we went across the top of the United States into Washington. I climbed. Um, uh, you climbed a mountain. Climbed a mountain, but not all the way to the top because it was it was a weather event. We saw Mount St. Helens, and then why can I not remember the peak up there? That's bizarre because it's it's just like the peak. Well. So does this, I mean, I would assume if you're going from mm-hmm. L.A. to Seattle that it it's like coast the whole way. You know, uh, um, in stretches, in some stretches, you actually pull away from the coast and you're more inland and all that. But the nice thing about the coast over there on the west coast of the United States is you're not far from either. So from either right on the coast or really beautiful forest and mountains. Yeah. They're just a few miles separation. Kinda. So mm-hmm. you're getting everything except for desert until you make the curve, you know, in the south to head back towards Texas like I did. So, yeah. Now on the, on this railroad, the dining car is cool. Yes. Yeah. There are stretches and this is where you do your research and and maybe find people who do Amtrak tricks, trips and all that. Do your research. Some have incredible dining cars and viewing cars and some trains don't have a dining car at all. You know, you just have to do your research. So. So my dad said I rode on the Texas State Railroad from Rusk to Palestine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I forget that that run is out there. Yeah. That's that's more that's more East Texas. Well, it was awesome. Yeah, cool. highly recommend. Cool. And it was like a, uh, I think it was like a two hour, maybe two hours, and you go and then like you stop mm-hmm. at this train station and you eat a burger, yeah. and then you get back on the train and go back. I love it. And it was really, would, really, really fun. I would do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, Coast Starlight. Yeah, I don't know what else to say about that one, but it looks gorgeous. Yeah. So, and the nice thing is you can really plan your trip. You can plan your stops. It's yes, it's for tourists, but it's also for commuters and all that. That's kind of the, the way it was designed. You can get off and pick up elsewhere. You know, one thing that I forget to mention all always is there's such a thing as a U.S. rail pass where you basically pay a subscription, if you will, to get on and get off trains at whim. All right. Number three, the Grand Canyon Railway. All right. This is obvious. Do this trip. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) I've been to the Grand Canyon, but I had no idea. I've been to the Grand Canyon several times and I did not know that there was a railway. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And obviously it's going to be a little bit more of that Midwest feel, you know, well, Midwest, uh, old, old dusty West. It's going to feel like you're in an old Western. Old Western. A spaghetti Western, but no spaghetti sauce. Why did they call it spaghetti Western? Because so many of those old Westerns were actually recorded or filmed Uh in Italy. That's why they call them spaghetti yeah, westerns. Yeah, they were actually shot in Italy. Why? Uh, because they, be, I, I'm guessing. I'm going out on a limb. Some historian is going to know better than me. But it was because of the way the unions, the contracts, and, and how, the expense of it all. You could record, you could shoot 
Westerns more cheaply in Italy than you could in the U.S. I didn't know that any part of Italy looks like the Wild West. And you know what? A lot of people who really loved Westerns have no idea what the Wild West actually looks like or what Italy looks like. So it didn't even matter. It's all about the story. Because, that because is true. Because really, if you want to, if you want really good storytelling, old Westerns. <laughs> Well, this was a fun. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really fun uh, lesson. God, okay, back to the Grand Canyon. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be prairies and and Longhorns and mm-hmm. bald eagle spotting and yeah, yeah, absolutely cuddling up with tar- tarantulas and snakes, buzzards. No tumbleweeds. No wily so, coyotes and roadrunners. It goes along the south rim of the Grand Canyon, and gorgeous. Area. You get some pine forests there too. Mm-hmm. You'll get some trees. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, why not? If you're going to the Grand Canyon, do all the things right. Like walk and and look, mm-hmm. and then and then ride a donkey down to the bottom, and then ride a burrow back up. And then <laughs> did you say donkey down, burrow up? Yes. Burrowing is for down. I know. You burrow down. You burrow anywhere that burrow wants to take you. Um, and and then take don't the train to, ride. Don't mean to harass you, but you got that wrong. That's, do you want to talk about the next one? The Empire Builder. Now, what a cheesy name for a train. So I've been on this one. <laughs> I mean, did you make the name? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but it, it's because of it being higher latitude across the top of the contiguous 48 states, it goes between Chicago and Portland, which would kind of follows the expansion of the United States, the empire, if you will. Uh, that's my understanding of why it was kind of named such. But to see a really good cross section of the vastness of the United States, from almost sea to shining sea, this is an incredible, incredible trip. And if you're looking for a summertime route that maybe isn't so hot as it is in Texas, take this. Don't take the Texas Flyer because it's gonna be hot in the summertime. Take this one because it's gonna have all those nice kind of temperate temperatures for your, for temperatures. your, for your summertime train riding. You're not gonna be on time, <laughs> but you're going to be more comfortable and it's going to be, be beautiful. I remember going across like Montana and whatnot, and there were people flying their ultralights, you know, ultralights. It's, it's like a hang glider with a engine oh, yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were just flying back and forth over the train. And here we are in a, in a viewing car with our games and our snacks and all that and our books, just loving life as you know, preteens do. And then you just see these ultralights just going flying over you back and forth. Well, that is crazy. Because I guess that's what you not? do in the Midwest. So uh, am I correct on saying this train will go through like urban areas as well mm-hmm. as forested areas? Mm-hmm. So you kind of get um, a little bit of both. The whole trip is about 46 hours. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, uh, I don't. I, I thoughts loading. Her I, thoughts are loading. Oh, it goes through Big Sky Country. Yes, which is where the ultralights are. Which is where the sky is bigger. It is physically measured out by some scientists long ago. Physically, unless the Earth is flat. 
my brain hurts. <laughs> <laughs> we don't, we don't talk about okay. that so on the podcast. I, my grandparents every few years would do a train trip typically on their last, not Alaskan on the Canadian railway, which I hear is on time. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I thought that was magical. And I think this, this particular run, the empire builder is probably as close as you can get to that experience because I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're not separated by just all that many miles. Right. They both they're just run. On the, right. On the yeah. Other they side. both run east to west and west to east and back again. Apparently, you can take the train both ways. Um, Apparently, trains go both ways. But uh, but this is the closest experience I can think of on the Amtrak on the U.S. side that would match what you would see somewhat. I do want to do the, the Canadian trip sometime, though. Mostly to see for some time. That would be fun. What about a train ride in Alaska? There's the Alaska Denali Star that goes mm-hmm. from Anchorage, Alaska to Fairbanks. Mm-hmm. It's 350 mile stretch through Alaska. I th- just like trying to picture yeah. that in my head is like mind blowing. Yeah, I think this one might be number one on my list. Not like I'm going to head up to Alaska anytime soon, but why not? My, I mean, not anytime soon. How much PTO have you not used? Not a lot. <laughs> but, oh my gosh, just talk about life changing, taking yeah. a train ride through Alaska. I believe my my uh, dad and stepmom did this trip. I just... I I can't even... I can, I can picture in my head what it would look like, but you know how, like, you, when you see it, it's just more than you ever thought it would be. Yeah, this is this is the this is the trip that I would do. You know, I, I picture really fantas, fantastical trips like the um, what's the Christmas train movie? The what's the, the, the bell, the the bell, the wow. Chris, the tri, the cri, the <laughs> Christmas Express, the Polar Express. That's the one. Wow, we are really struggling oh, today. We so are Polar both parents. We should know mm-hmm. this. So, so this one is probably to me going to be one of the more accessible ways to get that feeling that I'm in that kind of an adventure. Unless I could get on a European train, I think a European train would really like put me in that. Oh, that mindset. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. Easy access, still in the the U.S. All you got to do is boat or fly there or crawl there. I mean, it's it's worth it's worth noting for people who like to travel and see new things. This is obviously an experience that you can't get any other way is traveling by train through Alaska. Um, There is like an upgrade you can do to your seat. It's called the Gold Star Upgrade. And what it does is it allows you to go to an open air two story viewing deck essentially so you can you can see the mooses and the caribous yeah you can stick your head out you can feel the freezing air (laughs) but gosh talk about breathtaking i just definitely a bucket list item for me and we know we have a lot of customers here in texas we have a lot of people who buy rvs particularly truck campers who go to alaska it Lots of our Texans go to Alaska yeah. with their rigs. We like fantasize about cold weather so so yeah. much that Alaska becomes like a really important destination yep. for us. Yep. <laughs> all right. So this next one, um, I have been on no train in this area and I haven't even spent all that much time in this part of the U.S., but I, I, I really want to. It feels for from an American standpoint. Like a staple. If, if, yeah, it feels like a staple, but it also feels ancient. 
It does feel ancient. I have not spent a lot of time in this area either. So this is the Great Smoky Mountains Railroad. And I mean, it's it's for America. It's it's old timey area. It it is old timey. It's it's in uh, Bryson City, North Carolina, and it's a smaller train than Mm -hmm. maybe these other adventures we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, there's there's something about the Smoky Mountains where it's like Americans are like called to it. Like it's it is. It has this nostalgic thing, even if you've never been there, kind of. It's 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 a little bit clickety clackety it's a little bit rusty feeling and we, you have to slow down and this is the right way i think this is the right way to, to to slow down one of the right ways i think there's multiple i think you need to drive an antique car through this area Auga. i think you need to take a, a short wagon ride through this area i think you need to there's so many things ways to experience this part of the u.s that would be like you're forcing yourself to slow down i feel very mark twangish Mark Twainish, and when I think about this area, if if you're one of those people who uh, makes man, we are really having trouble with words right now. I am so sorry. Words is hard. Words is hard. If you're one of those people who like to plan around like the changing of leaves and the foliage, foliage, all of that, Mm -hmm. this is your Mm -hmm. train route because you're gonna get colors out. The yin yang. <laughs> I, I need to stop talking. I see how you balanced that. I see how I, I really <laughs> wanted to say something and then I turned and then it wasn't as smooth. But yeah, this is this is great for all nostalgia and uh, leaves yeah. changing colors. All right. The, the Mount Washington Cog Railway. So do you know what makes cog. A, a cog railway? No, I don't. So think about in in a in a watch you have these gears or I, mean, I know what a cog is yeah, so so it's the train actually pulls itself uses these, the torque whereas most trains have these kind of smooth round wheels and there's enough enough friction generated there that that they can grip and still roll forward and all that but a cog train is for places that have really crazy inclines and declines so it has teeth that pull you along it's that a cog sense. that pulls you along the railway, both uphill and downhill, so you can make sure you're under control, ascending and descending. Does it feel different? Is it like Um <laughs> I don't know that I could say that it feels all the difference. The only cog railway I've been on was the, the railway going up Pikes Peak. Um, so I don't know that I can re- say it felt that different from that standpoint, but man, that you feel like you're going to fall out of your chair if you're facing one way or falling and you're being pressed into your chair facing the other way. Oftentimes these cogwar ways are also a, sm- a smaller gauge. I don't know if this one is, it's, uh, again, the Mount Washington cog railway and it picks up in Brenton woods, New Hampshire. It says you have an elevated feel of a gondola. So I guess cog trains are higher off the ground. So you feel a little bit more. Maybe so. And and if it's going up a mountain pass, it, then you're probably going to have a bit of a drop off on one side. So that also would make you feel more elevated and dangerous. That so. sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. What about the Napa Valley wine train? Talk about fun. OK, it's got to be a spectacular view. Napa Valley, California. Yeah. Um, uh, it's got to be a spectacular view. And I mean, I'm sure there is all kinds of 
Can you imagine? Stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm done talking. Yeah, there, there's got to be. If you ride this thing with the right amount of time, then you can get on, get off, do your stops, and have some real wine country experiences. Now, I'm not going to say, never let it be said that I am holding Napa Valley wineries in more esteem than Central Texas wineries. Because We're a bit biased. I'll probably get run out of the state. <laughs> but I do believe it's a it's such a it's bound to be such a different experience that mm-hmm. you might as well enjoy it for all it's worth. So if you have the time and you can experience the West Coast wineries, then why not do it this way? Uh, it's it sounds I mean, just taking a train through wine country. Yeah. My goodness. Gather the girls. We're yeah. going. And you already have a driver built in. So, I mean, just <laughs> drink all the wine you wine want. It it's grape juice, I swear. Um, what? Nothing. Okay. So, yes, I think that this would be beautiful. It's, it's obviously in a beautiful part of the country with good weather much of the year. Um I can't think of anything that I would, that would hold me back from doing this, whether it be December or June, really. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we talked about the Alaskan Railway as being like on my bucket list. I think this next one, the Hawaiian Railway Society, would be right there with Alaska. I mean, like it'd be a toss up of which one I'd want to do first. Yeah, the, but this would be the most unique, I think. And when I think of Hawaii, I mean, like. I mean, I guess it, I didn't know there was trains in Hawaii, but I guess why why, not, why right? wouldn't there be? Right. But I, it's just not something that you think of. When I think of trains, I think of, you know, either Texas or the mountains. Yeah. But wait a minute. Hawaii is like this island and they have they have this, too. And it's in Oahu. Yeah. I mean, they just have so much scenery. Why would you not want to experience it this way? It's a 90 minute train ride. I mean, it's a perfect length. Perfect. My time. goodness. You get to go to ghost towns um, and you get to go to a part of Hawaii that not very many people get to see because you're on a train. So yep. you get to go to some some different places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the cars are a little bit more open. It, it might, might even be a smaller train in general, smaller engines, smaller cars, just a more more connected to the environment kind of experience. I mean, what a what a wild place. What that it would just be so much fun. You do need reservations to ride this one. You can't just like show up and buy a ticket. Mm-hmm. So, if you're planning on going to Hawaii, um obviously not with your camper, then check it out. However, on that note, on that note, there are quite a few places you can rent campers and still RV in Hawaii. I'm sure. So, so if you if you want to stick to that experience, where because it's just the way you like to visit places, get over there and RV and ride trains. It's all possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This one I have definitely done. I wanted to do it a couple years ago with the kids, um, but uh, timing wise and honestly expense wise, it was kind of expensive. The Durango Narrow Gauge Railroad. I've I've ridden this between Durango and Silverton, Colorado and back again. Really, really, really cool, rustic, old time through mountain passes. If you want like terrifying drop offs on one side, flat cliff faces on the other side, this is the train ride. Uh, This one, this one will make you grip 
your seat a little bit. It's narrow gauge, um, which I think just goes back to it may, when railroads were established, some companies that were developing them needed, I mean, they just didn't talk. They were in competition. Or another thing might be because of how hard it was to cut the passes through the mountains, they might have just gone with narrow, narrower gauge to make sure that they could more efficiently get the equipment in and out. I don't really know for sure. It's an, it's the rails are closer together. You think you're going to teeter off. You don't. It's fine. They've been doing it for years. Oh, now I'm scared. Beautiful. This is a mesmerizing ride. So this is a 45 mile route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how long did it take you? I was, I was a preteen then too. Couple hours. Trip. I mean, honestly, I was probably eight or nine years old on this trip, and I was not watching the clock. No, I was just, that's not what you did when you were eight or nine years old. No, I was just blown away by it. <laughs> um, but if you look here, um, it winds between fourteen thousand foot high peaks. This is your train, Lindsay. <sighs> if you if you get crazy about mountains, this is the one. And it's in Western Colorado, Southwest Colorado, which is kind of where my family likes to go for fly fishing and, and rafting and things like that. This um, is just, I, I mean, I don't know much about trains, but this is just a cool looking train. That's too. an old steam engine. Yeah. Um, th- this train, it says it's been rolling between Durango and Silverton since 1882. Yeah. So yeah. there's probably gum under the seat. A lot of old stank to it. <laughs> the right kind the good kind <laughs> the ethan allen express is our last one and it goes from new york city to burlington vermont talk about color change yeah this is your fall train wow yeah i feel like you would need to do some clam chowder or something like that not clam chowder, uh, lobster, lobster rolls, maybe lobster rolls on this trip. This is a five and a half hour journey. And I, I just, I can't imagine the views that you get going through the Vermont and the green mm-hmm. mountains. And then you land in a charming little city called Rutland and you go to the farmer's market and you go to the downtown square and Ah, yeah, that sounds like a great day. This is this is what I would do. I would make this a day trip or a single overnighter. Absolutely. This would be easy to to turn into that. You know, we got we got two days. What are we going to do? Hop on the train right up, spend the night, enjoy just a quiet small town and then hop on the train right back all refreshed. I love it. I I can't think of like a. I don't know. I think I think adding a train ride to your camping trip to your destination mm-hmm. really is like one of the most unique and kind of nostalgic things you could do. Mm-hmm. Uh, stories. I mean, obviously, they're wonderful for kids. They are because it's just so fun. Yeah. And as someone who's oftentimes in the driver or passenger seat while we're hauling a trailer somewhere and the kids are in the back seat, it's, I mean, you're there, you can have conversations, but it, you're all buckled in and all that. We, I guess it was last year. I took the kids on just a short Amtrak ride because mm-hmm. it was time. Mm-hmm. We, we caught it in Taylor, Texas, which has, I mean, it's not really a train station. It's a train stop. Yeah. 
Um, but the guy does come out and hold his watch and tell really? you to get on quickly. Well, Taylor's like real close to me. It is. I'll go check it out. It, it is. And so we got on in Taylor and we rode up to Fort Worth where uh, Laura's sister's family lived. They picked us up. We spent the night and we rode back. But you could, they, first off, the trains down here in Texas typically aren't so used that, I mean, we found rows and rows and rows of empty seats. In fact, I think our car had six people on it for the stretch that, that we were on. Right. Once you get closer to the Northeast and all that, you get way more passengers. But down here, not too many. You can move around. You can change cars. You can go to the dining car. Um, it's it's cool. You can point out the window. You're, you can have real conversations with your kid versus, you know, not paying attention to the road. So you can turn around and yell at them. To, you know, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are just different because you're not driving and you're not seatbelted. But you still get to get there. You still get to get there. And it's, it, there's a, there's something magical about trains. I want to know. I mean, I'm sure there's one that is just amazing that we didn't mention. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I, I really love this. I'm going to make a plan to definitely ride more trains, especially with my kids. Mm-hmm. So if there's one that you really, really love, can you please tell me about it? Um, and Canadians, just tell us how much better your rail, yeah. rail system is than ours because <laughs> it's true. It uh, you can drop us a line or post on Facebook. We actually have a RV Small Talk page there and an RV Small Talk community. Let me know, you know, which trains you've ridden that you've liked the most because I think I'm going to think i'm gonna pick one and plan a trip around it soon nice. Nice. so let Use me know PTO time Lindsay. that's right by golly we also have untrain related the texas tiny trailer rally coming up mm-hmm. now ooh, by the time this podcast comes out you are really skating the line here but <laughs> we welcome everybody so no matter where you bought your trailer how big it is check out texas tiny trailer rally.com Mm-hmm. You can register for the one on October 11th through 15th. We also have another one in the spring that is a week after that big solar eclipse. So we got eclipses at both rallies or around both rallies mm-hmm. in prime viewing area. The rally is free. Uh, all the classes are free. Um, the dinner, the music is free. Only thing you have to pay for is your reservation at the park. So if you are yeah. new, uh, if you are a new trailer owner, this is a wonderful place to gather all the information. If you've been camping for years, this is a wonderful place to help other people learn or just to show off your cool trailer. We get all kinds of crazy stuff. So check out TexasTinyTrailerRally.com. Um, we have them twice a year. So we're just going to keep talking about it because I think they're cool as hell and you should show up. Cool. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us for this episode of the RV Small Talk podcast. And go find yourself a train to ride. Make some memories that way with uh, with I don't know with yourself and with your loved ones and your friends. And some of these trains will let you bring your dog. Really? So, yeah. Absolutely. Choo choo. So we'll see you next time. Bye.